All right. Thank you very much. Thank you very much for joining me, for joining us today, you know, for this uh, new podcast episode of uh, Coffee Week, you know. Uh, as always, you know, I don't introduce my guests. I let them introduce themselves. So if you can please uh, just let us know a little bit about yourself, even your name, what you do, and anything that you think might be useful for the moment to introduce yourself, please go ahead. Thank you, Mario, for having me. I appreciate it. Um, so my name is Yochavet Belsky. I've been working in the education sector for quite some time. I help organizations that are serving the education industry become more effective, align their people, process, um, and resources to meet the needs of their target market. And I also, at the same time, I also help schools ensure that they're getting the best that they can out of the partnerships that they're making with other outside providers and services. So um, it's interesting time now with uh, all the schools shutting across the country. And um, it's gonna be interesting because we'll be, we'll be seeing a lot of shifts in education, I think temporarily, and what will carry into the future. Yes, this is a good point. You know, um, with this coronavirus uh, going on, you know, most of the schools are, you know, are shutting, shutting down. But they're moving to distance learning. Have you seen this trend in your field as well? You know, even the schools that you are working with, are they moving to distant learning? That is to say, you know, learning through webcams, videos, and, you know, remotely? Yes, yeah, so I've been involved with online learning platforms for uh, probably since like early 2000s. And uh, online learning has evolved a lot. I think one of the biggest um, points and factors that schools need to keep in mind as they're making the change to meeting the needs, the educational needs of their students remotely is um, just putting them on a uh, online platform is not gonna work well for these students because it's, it's a massive disruption and change into the way that they're used to learning. And what I'm strongly suggesting is to, uh, that schools, that they looked for programs that are gonna meet their needs and their students' needs because there's a lot of different programs out there, but at the same time, combine it with teacher interaction. So that may be teachers calling on the phone, that may be that they're doing classes at a certain time on a computer along with a platform like Zoom. So it's in conjunction to keep the um, student engaged. I think we could even look at that from um, business professionals. When we log on to a system that we want to learn something, right, or we sign up for an online class, many times those online classes, we don't take it to the end because it's not engaging enough. And we still need that interaction. So right now in the past couple of days, Zoom meetings have totally blown out of control, right? Because as much as we using technology, we're still humans and we need that human interaction. And when we see the person, right, Mario, we're talking now face-to-face -face, through, through a computer, through Zoom, um, it, it, it makes it much more valuable and much more meaningful. And especially for kids that are not, that are coming from a classroom, even if they were using technology in the classrooms, taking that home and working on that in isolation um, without either the adults facilitating the learning or other students in their social life around them is going to be a, a huge change and a, and a mind shift for the students. I don't agree with you. I fully agree with you. 
But uh, do you think that currently the schools are ready for providing uh, remote, remote learning? Or is it still a challenge for most of the schools out there? Um, the short answer is no. Schools are not prepared to do it. Um, and I think there's um, a lot of challenges that they're going to be facing. They're facing, even if we take away, you know, um, is, is spring testing that's happening in many, that's supposed to be happening in many states or, you know, things that, you know, sorts of requirements like that. I think um, there are challenges on many levels. There's the technology challenges. There's the learning challenges that we talked about just before with regard to the students actually learning. And then there's the teaching challenges. You have teachers that were either very frontal teaching or even if they were doing more um, blended learning models in their classroom, teaching online and engaging students in meaningful deep learning where they are learning and retaining the information and applying it to their day-to-day -day lives and see the relevancy of that learning um, doesn't just happen by itself. And it's gonna be a learning curve for the teachers and the staff to learn how to facilitate learning for their students that way as well. Um, one of the things I actually posted about it this morning is that we're seeing a lot of freebies, a lot of just resources and links and, and stuff. And, oh, you could do this and you could do this, either even online or offline or printable or do a virtual tour here or do this. And right now, parents are also scrambling, right? Because bottom line is kids are home and how are we ensuring that they're, first of all, on a basic level, out of our hair, because if we're trying to work, we want to be able to work or, or try to manage our life. Um, you know, we're not used to the chaos of our kids being home all, all this time. So there's a lot of, all, all of that. Okay, great. Short term, this is a half hour activity, do it. Either I'm printing out the sheets or I'm putting you in front of an iPad or a device, right? But I think what we're going to see is, and this is the time where really the schools and the districts and the private schools, they all have to step up to the plate and say, okay, how are we going to do this so it's long term? It's not just about filling their time and getting them out of their hair and keeping busy, but really making sure that we're teaching them the knowledge that they need to know, the skills that they need to learn, and how to, you know, and, and how to continue with their education that they need to learn. Um, and I think those are the conversations that schools are having. They're having them now. They're having rapidly. And they need to find the solutions that are going to work for their kids and their students. So then that's rolled out in a systematic way to all their students. And the parents aren't learning, aren't, aren't scrambling. So I think parents are always going to, you know, as long as this is going on, parents are going to have to step up to the plate to a certain extent to provide the structure and, and the resources for their kids to a certain extent. You know, no school can take over now remotely that, you know, the 8 to 3.30 schedule. It's not going to happen. And um, so I think it's important that if schools are going to have to be the the, the really the, the ones that the, the crusaders in this and ensuring that they're providing the structure that even if the parents have to implement it, but they're providing it in a way. And, and, and my hope, and I really have my wishes, is that schools find, find uh, solutions that continue with their method, methodology that they were using in the classroom, like following their curriculum and their scope and sequence and skills and their goals for their kids to finish up through the school year, that they could just do it in a different way. And as we know, we're human beings and we don't like change. And from my experience in education world, educators are some of the worst and hard people to change because whenever you're dealing with kids and people, there's always constant changing. And when there's changes coming from on top, it's even harder to embrace it. 
and it's going to be difficult. It's going to be a huge learning curve. No, I agree with you. You know, I'm a parent of, you know, a first grader and here they are starting, you know, remote learning next Monday. And it would be very interesting <laughs> to see how they can uh, manage that, especially mm -hmm. the graders, how this can be effective. I fully agree with you. In this moment, it's not only the school, it's even the parents. Mm -hmm. Be there, we need to be give a guide, you know, you need to follow the kids, especially because a six years old, like a first grader, is good with, is already good with iPad, the tablets, shared drive. But, you know, it's different from having the teacher, having the friends, uh, following, you know, the lesson, you know. So, yeah, I totally, I totally agree with you. I totally agree with you. Let's see what's, go what, what's going to happen in the next few days. And they, need, mm -hmm. and they need to move fast because there is no time for long discussions, as unfortunately often happens in this area, like schools, you know. They talk, 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 have meetings, meetings, meetings. Uh, time... Uh, you know, time is what it is, you know, and uh, kids need to, to learn us up. So, you know, hopefully they are going to fix this or find a, a viable solution, you know, in a short, uh, in a short time. Uh, I have another question for you. You mentioned that you are a self-employee and uh, let's say consultant. Uh, so I have many listeners that are either in um, self-consultant working from home or they want to become, uh, you know, a consultant, start, start their own business. Uh, I would like to ask you what are or been or are or will be the challenges of being, you know, a self-employee slash consultant in your field and in your area. Uh, I just want to share that you are in Ohio, right? So, you know, of course, you know, any state have their own issues, but, you know, if you can share, you know, some suggestion or, you know, some issues that uh, they might face eventually if they want to start something like yours, you know working with schools, scholastic, education, and stuff like that. Thank you. Sure. So I think it's, um, you know, personally for me, I know you mentioned Ohio. I'm in Ohio, but I've done work in, in, in across the country. So I, I think it's important, you know, for someone specifically in education to really crystallize what their offer is for schools or anybody in the education industry. Um, and that could be a struggle. I could say I struggled with it myself. And, um, you know, there's, there's nuances where somebody has, you know, uh, either experience or a skill or a solution for a school. And they have to make it very clear. It's, you know, your question reminded me, I got a call from somebody a couple months ago who actually connected with me on LinkedIn and he had a similar question. So I said to him, like, what are you offering to schools? And so he told me and I felt that he was, you know, he had good things that he can offer. And I said to him, I said, listen, write that up, write it up, show me what your offer is. And then you could start talking about it. And I could, you know, I would offer him, I would make him referrals as well because it's, it's schools are overwhelmed. There's a lot of moving parts and pieces and there's so many, you know, less is more and schools have to just find what are the, the, you know, the couple things that are going to be most helpful to them. And, and I don't like to consider myself necessarily as a consultant education because they do have a bad rap and they could have a bad rap because they could just be throwing things out and patchwork. But I really think the onus is on the consultant and the school 
to be very clear where the challenge lies and that the consultant that they're working with is going to help them solve or, you know, get closer to solving that, that issue or that challenge or that problem. Um, so for those that want to start doing something like this, I think it has to be clear who you want to serve, what you're providing. And this goes with every business. And, um, you know, and the way I started it was really, I, there was initiatives that I stepped up to the plate for personally. And then where companies, you know, it was organically, it was kind of organic and it's always, it's, it's always, it's a constant, um, reach out like every business. You have to consistently stay on top of the industry. Um, keep your, you know, keep your, your pulse on, on, on the entire picture. So you understand where you're adding value, um, to, to the schools and to the industry. Fantastic, great. And are there any resources that uh, they have uh, they have helped you or they're currently helping you uh, your your business, your day to day business? You're dealing with your clients in the way you find your clients, uh, like videos, books, uh, anything. You know. So it's interesting. My most of my clients, I, I work more for companies that are serving schools versus actual schools. Um, I think, you know, for me, what's most helpful is that I, um, I have to stay on top of a lot of the rules and regulations and the climate, the political climate. So for now, the right, what's going on with all the schools closing is keeping tabs of what states are offering different states across the country. Um, you know, personally, I'm signed up to many important emails that interest me for what I do so I can better advise my clients and companies and organizations and how they could better meet the needs of their schools. Um, keeping in mind that you know, when companies are coming to schools and providing a service, and this goes on, uh, as, as a, for a consultant that, that you asked about before and, the, and the, you know, the organizations that I work with, is that when you come and you're showing how you're solving the problem um, or you're solving a situation and you connect it back to the compliance or rules and regulations that the school needs to keep to, you're helping the school on a much deeper level than just providing the actual service like curriculum, right? But you're showing that your curriculum that you're providing is aligned to the state standards. You're showing that what I'm doing is could be helpful for your ELL or your IDA or your 504 students, you know, the different needs that are in the classroom. You preempt their questions because there's so much going on that the schools need to deal with that, that, that that's more, I guess, you know, marketable and sell sellable to schools. Nice, nice. And um, can you share, and this is like a tricky question for someone, uh, your big achievement and your big failure that, uh, you know, now thinking now and say, oh, I could have done better or this could have been done better or, you know, say, wow, we really did a great job, you know, it was really a great success. You know, it's, it's interesting because I don't look at something specifically as, you know, oh, wow, that was like a major success or that was a major failure. I think each thing on its own, it's a stepping stone. Um, you know, I had this conversation a while ago with someone else who we were talking about failures and I'm like, I can't think of a failure. I think things that didn't work out, but I never looked at myself in the mirror and said, oh gosh, that was a failure. It's, it, I look at it as this, okay, it didn't work out the way I wanted to, but okay, what's next? Um, and you know, it's nothing, you know, because I could talk about the programs that I started in different, you know, in different, in different states and, and, and the, the, the monopolies that I broke into or, and the different things that weren't happening that I helped to transform. Um, 
you know, and I think that the success of those programs is really dependent on, on thank God I had a good teams working with me, um, the right people in the room, um, and, and, you know, where they were able to push forward. Um, and the same goes with the things that didn't work out. You know, I think if there's anything that, that's showing us that we're not in control is, is this coronavirus that's throwing us off, off our kilter, right? It's, you know, it's, as long as I could always look back at myself and say, okay, I did the best I can. This was the plan. And I tried implementing it and I pivoted and I, you know, people say, oh, if there's a door, then go find a different one. I'm not into that philosophy. I'm like, if that door didn't open, find a different way to open it, you know? So, and, and you tried your best, then so be it next, you know, not necessarily a failure or, you know, it's, I think everything goes with everything in life that you try your best, as long as you're trying your best with the information that you have at that time, you know, 2020 hindsight, we don't get now for tomorrow. Right. So that, that, that's the way I, that's my perspective in it. And, and the way I look at my personal life and my business life. I feel like, you know, your message, you know, try your best, you know, if you tried everything, if you try your best works or doesn't work, doesn't change anything. You, know, you tried, yeah. your best. that's what you could have done. Perfect. You know, you are okay with yourself, you know, try your best. And I, but I think it's important, Mario, that I want to put into that for anyone, you know, put it out there in the world. Anyone's going to be listening to this is sometimes people say I tried my best, but did they really? And I think that's the hard part. Um, that, you know, talking about education with kids, kids have this with the motivational issues and, and adults have this, right? Like, did I really try my best? Did I take a step? You know, people say like, oh, I can't help it. Well, you could help it, right? You know, I, I'm a very big believer in the saying, and I've, and I've said this quite a few times, you know, God helps those who help themselves, right? You can't say, okay, well, I did this and this. Well, okay, well, look else, talk to someone else. What else can you do to push yourself even further? Right. I'm not saying, I'm not saying to kill yourself. I don't want someone, you know, but, but there are people that like, okay, oh, it didn't work out. Like, why are you throwing your hands in the air? Like, you know, what else can you do to help yourself? What else can you do to talk to somebody? Cause it, you know, nothing falls from the heavens, you know, in terms of, of success or efforts, it's, it's what you put out. And then it's important to do that. I think the only thing that falls from heaven right now is the coronavirus, but, um, you know, and again, it's, it's, you know, I can't help it. Oh, this is the way I am. You know, that's, that's a way of just, just like giving up. No, yes, no, I'm, I agree. You know, most of the times people don't put their best. You know, they think, but they didn't, you know. Uh, so uh, one of my last questions is, do you have anything that you would like to talk, share, say, you know, that's your time, you know, anything goes. You know, say, I would like to talk about this. I would like to share about this. Go ahead, you know. You know, I, I want the only thing I would expand on is what I spoke, what I opened up with. Um, and right now at this point, I think it's very important that um, parents and educators, um, we're going to have a, a serious look into the education of our students. I think the immediate is solving the, you know, the issue right now to bring normalcy to our kids. One of the first programs that I ever dealt with in public education was providing tutors to um, hospital-bound kids. And, and the whole philosophy of that was even if a kid is out of, out of school because of dealing with a medical crisis or a medical issue, and we did that here in Cleveland, and Ronald McDonald, and we had kids from all over the country, and even, and even the world coming and, and, and getting their care here in Cleveland, and we would send tutors and teachers to the schools, and um, not to the schools, excuse me, to the kids that were out of school in the hospital. And 
Um, and it, it was an amazing opportunity for kids that even though they were sick and battling an illness, that they had a teacher come every day and, and work with them. Um, so I think this, you know, a, a child that's supposed to be in school, the K-12, the K-12 spectrum, we need to provide the, that environment of learning and education, no matter what the, the kids, the kids need it. And keep in mind, you have the formidable years of their, of their growth. And we can't just like knock off, Oh, three months. Okay. What's the big deal? No, they, they need to be learning. Uh, we can't look back in 10 years when these kids are on the street and in, in our workforce and saying, Oh, well, I, I missed, you know, I, I missed seventh grade because you know, it was coronavirus. You know, that's, that's, that's great. And I understand it's going to take an emotional toll and, and a mental toll, but we, we still have to keep them within a structure and kids need that structure. So I think if, you know, at this point in our life, um, the schools will provide and the schools are going to step up to the plate because I think all parents know that they're home with their kids and they're pulling their hair, hair up maybe to a certain extent, but our people that are running our schools by and large are doing this because they care about the kids and they want to see kids grow up to be responsible adults. So our schools, yes, are scrambling. Some schools are going to get it better quicker than others. And each district and school has different challenges, right? Um, but I think it's really important for parents now to look at themselves and they can't just say, oh, I'm putting the kid on the bus and then I'm not thinking about them. We're going to be more involved in our kids' education probably than ever in a long time. And, and, our, and our kids are going to benefit and God forbid, even for the worse, because parents that are not stable, parents that have not yet learned how to have a good relationship with their kids, um, I'm scared of, of the child abuse and that that's going to go on. In those families, but for our for for everybody else, we should look at it at the positive that we are building now a stronger relationship with our kids, guiding them in a in a in a much bigger way, and by doing that, we have a responsibility um, to 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 be there for them. And one of the big things that in, I talk about, you know, when we talk about leadership in schools, is that kids react based on adult behaviors, and most of the work that goes into teaching happens out of the classroom, right? We could say, oh, what's the big deal? Well, high school teachers getting paid X amount of dollars and they come in, they do a 40 minute period. Like what's the whoopie do, right? But the most effective classrooms are the ones that are run by teachers that have put tons of thought and preparation in the actual entire structure and the actual class. And then when they come into the classroom, it's the kids that are doing the work that the teachers set out for them to do. And, um, and I think, you know, the parents are going to learn that. The parents are going to learn that we have to maybe set up, become those teachers. The night before, we're going to have to make sure that our kids have what they need. They're set up and that they could actually learn. So instead of doing whatever we were doing the, the evenings, we're setting up their day. We're making them, we're setting up our kids for success. So whether that means we print out an actual schedule for them, um, whether that means that we... Um, you know, we, we provide the actual manipulatives or the learning space or whatever that may be to provide it for them. But I think it's, you know, I, I'm, a, I don't want, I don't want to see backlashes on schools. I don't want to see it coming on this on the kids. I think really now the adults have to step up to the plate and take care of the kids that they are responsible for. I fully agree. It's now when the parents uh, need to be parents. I mean, yes. So most of parents, I won't say most, but some parents, let's say, forget, you know, uh, they think, okay, goes to school, he come back, that's it, you know. But um, especially with the new 
uh, this new philosophy that school don't give homeworks to the kids. It's even less and less involvement of the the parents into their, you know, kids' scholastic life. While, on the contrary, I fully agree with you, is when the parents need to step in and give a guide. guide. For, you know, how, how, you know, age is no matter. It's not if he's six years old or six or 16 years old. They still need parents need to get a, a line, a guideline. Uh, need to step in, need to say what they're doing at school, if they're doing well, if they're not doing well. And uh, in this, let's say, unfortunately, time of the coronavirus, maybe the positive thing that I agree with you, I can, I can see is that parents, or most of the parents, will be more involved into their kids' uh, studies, into their kids' scholastic path, and they have will help more. And this can be only positive for the kids because they don't only see a guide from the teachers from school, but even from the parents at home. Let's hope for good. You know, we will only see this in a couple of weeks, you know, because everything is starting now. There is lots of confusion, but as soon as the confusion um, is going away, I think things are going to work better for school mm-hmm. and from fam- for families, you know. Uh, as you mentioned earlier, I'll be very, changes are not easy uh, for many, for schools, for families, for parents. But as soon as, you know, all these changes are, uh, are in place and, you know, people get used with them, things are going to go on smooth, you know. And now can be like super mess, super difficulty, super confusion. But, you know, in a few days, in a few weeks, I think this is going to be the new normal. Uh, and things are going to work out really well. Yeah. And I think it's a blessing that it's also spring break time. So like when it's spring break, there will just be no learning and hopefully our schools will over that time will get it together. So when they come back to spring from spring break, they'll be able to, to actually roll out, you know, programs for the schools. Yeah. And you know, and it's, it's always, always a struggle for the schools, like getting the parents on board, right? We need you involved in the education and, you know, it's, um, there's a, there's a Hebrew saying, I'm going to say it in Hebrew and then I'll translate it. It says, it is mashallah yasa has seichal yasa has man. What your intellect doesn't do, time eventually will do. So what parents couldn't do in getting involved in their education, well, guess what? Time has done it to you. Circumstances have made it that now you are forced to be involved in your, the education of your, of your children. And it's important. And it's important because, you know, kids need to see that their parents are in sync with the values and the education that they're receiving. Yes. My last question, just to wrap up, and it's not linked to anything. It's just, what is your favorite drink? My favorite what? Drink. 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 Drink? Well, I'm sorry? No drink. A- anything goes. We are <laughs> okay. So my favorite drink is every morning I wake up and drink a cup of grapefruit juice, um, I, with hot water. And otherwise, all day I drink hot water. That's my. I don't drink coffee. I'm not really a tea person. Once in a while, that's my drink. That's what keeps me alive. That's what keeps me going. Hot water. Uh huh. I mean, anything goes. Don't worry. There is no judgment. Uh, oh, anyone can judge it. I'm fine. I'm, I'm clear. I'm cool. <laughs> so I just, uh, you, know, I, you know, through this podcast, I've learned the lots of drinks. You know, people drink, you know, different things, you know. Uh, so, you know, this is hot water. That's fantastic. Hey, Mario, what do you drink? 
Uh, just coffee. Coffee. Okay, so you, now you can get double dose. You can drink whatever coffees I would drink, you could drink instead. <laughs> no, I mean, I know it's not good. I know it's addictive. I know it's not good. But, you know, I have coffee, dark black coffee, no sugar. You know, otherwise I don't. Uh, but yeah, good, good. Uh, just, is there any, anything else you would like to, to share, say, comment? Um, I'll just end off, if anyone's listening this far, I'll share my contact information because um, I don't want to see parents and schools scrambling. If there's any way that I can help them or connect them to resources that can help them, I'd be more than glad. You can look, up, look me up on LinkedIn as Yochaved Belsky, Y-O-C-H-E-V-E-D, Belsky, um, or my email address is y at clearsquaregroup.com. And I know it's a lot of chaos and a lot of panic. And if there's any way that I can help just be able, help get you focused and providing education for your kids, I'd love to help. Great, great. I will add this information to, you know, the LinkedIn uh, posts that are going to have. And I'm sure they're going to contact you because it's a chaos now. But as I said, you know, it's just the beginning. Everything will be okay. You know, it's just a change. Anything when there is change, there is chaos. But everything is going well. So, all right. Thank you very much for your time today. It was super, super helpful. So, I really appreciate uh, you to be a guest of this episode. I'm sure that our listener will love that. All right. Thanks a lot. Thank you, Mario. It's been a pleasure. Thank you. Have a good day. Bye bye. Bye.